As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. You must be on social media, but pick a platform and have a consistent presence at minimum and at maximum, you can really grow your business. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is. And that's when it is February 22nd, 23rd, go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five. So you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter Take5, T-A-K-E-5 when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We don't like that fluffy stuff. We only like the best advice that helps you out. And today we got follow along Friday. The purpose of follow along Friday is to talk about what we've learned or answer questions from you, best ever listeners, to help you along with your real estate endeavors. And today we're going to do the latter. We're going to be answering some questions from a best ever listener. Theo Hicks is with us as always on follow along Fridays. Theo, what do we got? We had a question submitted from Rebecca, and it's actually really cool. She's doing a research project for schooling, and it's related to real estate. So she kind of asked us if we had any data that we could provide her to help her with her research. And the main research question was, how important is a social media presence in establishing credibility as a real estate investor in the real estate industry? Well, I don't have any data for her. So if she's looking for data points, then... Sorry, but I can answer the question. Was she looking for data points? In a sense, some of her questions were asking for specific data, but some of them were more general. For example, the two things you really wanted to know about was how social media marketing in general 
helped you out as well as how did writing on bigger pockets help you out with your syndication business, particularly when you were first starting out? Okay. So this question will be helpful for anyone who is bringing capital to their deals or anyone who is entering into real estate investing from some other career path and they need to get customers or clients or investors and attract them to their business. So this could be relevant for real estate agents. This could be relevant for apartment syndicators. This could be relevant for fix and flip people. It could even be relevant to wholesalers who are looking to attract people on their buyers list and people on their sellers list. So the question is, how important is social media when you're starting out? Well, I imagine most of us, and even Rebecca, I'm sure you're aware, or else you probably wouldn't be asking the question, that it is important to have a presence on social media. The choice that we should make, though, is what platform should we focus on, and what is our role, and what's the purpose of us being on the platform? Because some of us, I'll raise my hand, don't enjoy being on social media sites as much as others. So first off, one mandatory, in my opinion, but it's a fact, is if you're in real estate investing and you are attracting some sort of client or customer, then you've got to be on social media. And specifically within social media, you have to pick which platform or platforms that you want to be on. And then once you pick that, so let's say you pick Facebook, for example, once you pick that, then you've got to find out, okay, within Facebook as the platform that I've chosen, now what is my role and what will I be doing within that platform? And I can tell you that when I was starting out with Facebook, my focus was simply promoting the episodes that I was doing from the podcast. At the early days, I was doing everything for the podcast, finding the guests, interviewing the guests, doing the show notes, promoting the episode, letting the guests know that the episode went live, all of that stuff. And the important part of this is you've got to identify what you want to accomplish as a result of being on the platform. And at bare minimum, what you need to accomplish is when someone searches for you, on a major platform like Facebook, for example, they're going to see that you have a presence because they're going to be skeptical if you do not. And in fact, I had one investor about a year and a half ago say, I looked you up on Facebook, Joe, and I couldn't find that you posted anything for the last three years. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And what he was looking at back in my advertising days when we were testing, so I was working on the social media account for uh, Fortune 500 companies like Microsoft, and we were specifically on the Bing search engine, the Bing account. I had to create a test account for my profile to test out certain apps that we were launching. So I had like a dummy test account for Joe Fairless, and this investor was looking up my name, and he found that one, and he saw I hadn't posted in like many years. And I said, I think you're looking at it wrong or you're looking at the wrong one. And then I showed him the right one. He's like, oh, okay, cool. But that was a red flag for him that he thought that I hadn't been posting. I was kind of secretive about it. And at this point in time in our culture, you're not allowed to be closed off. <laughs> it's just not acceptable. 
And for better or worse, because the downside to that, I believe, is when something catches fire on social media, whether it's true or not true, it just takes off because we're all so super connected. So that's a downside, in my opinion, if it's not true. But on the plus side, since we are so connected, it allows us to go in with eyes wide open into partnerships because we have more of a sense of who that individual is and what they're like. You get a more personal glimpse into their life. And that's not something that it should be surprising to anyone, but what we should focus on as business professionals, and especially in real estate investing, is we have to have a presence and we have to know what the outcome of that presence is. So if you are not interested in social media, but you know from this conversation, you need to have a presence, then simply have a Facebook page and you can have things auto-populate on your page from your website or from your blog posts where you're simply auto-populating your Facebook page with content. And at least every now and then just check in on it and make sure that your account is staying active. So it's really a check the box thing. In terms of how important it was whenever I got started, well, I don't know how much growth being on social media and specifically Facebook, because I'm not on Instagram. I think I have an account, but I don't even have that on my phone. Basically, Facebook, I deleted Twitter because that's just a lot of noise. I know it's very helpful for emergency situations because you can see exactly what's happening at every second. But I only have Facebook on my phone, and I recently took off the notifications from Facebook on my phone so I don't get notified whenever I get an alert because I personally don't enjoy social media. But I do have a team who posts on the page as the brand page. And I jump in there every now and then, just not something that I personally enjoy. So the takeaway is you must be on social media, but pick a platform and have a consistent presence at minimum. And at maximum, you can really grow your business. I know that we have ads on Facebook that promote our local meetup every month. And we're getting people from Indianapolis, Tennessee, Cleveland, Detroit, Dayton, it's pretty close, but Dayton all over come to the monthly meetup that we have in Cincinnati. And same goes for the, the annual conference that we have in Denver. That's some really solid advice. Just to add a few things, kind of going back to what you said in the beginning about picking a platform. And again, I don't have any evidence for this, but it feels like each platform fits better based off of kind of what you do as a real estate professional. So I know a lot of syndicators are on Facebook because of the ability to do Facebook Live. So you can do Facebook Live kind of whenever, more informally, or you can do a formal webinar. And that's a good way to put information across. It sounds like Snapchat and then Instagram are really good for agents and fix and flippers too. Anyone that's kind of doing these faster projects that they're trying to turn around quickly, they can quickly do before and after types of pictures. I know we've got a few blog posts under the branding and thought leadership category on our blog that has different agents, wholesalers and fix and flippers talking about their Instagram and Snapchat strategies. But it sounds like Facebook is kind of the go-to one for what we do just because it's kind of has everything on there. You can do image-based stuff. You can do text-based stuff. Twitter, kind of like you, I don't know any investors that use Twitter. So I'm not exactly sure what that strategy would be. I do know that the hashtag tool is very powerful if you're trying to grow your brand and grow your thought leadership platform and you want to find out who is creating or sharing similar content, you can type in hashtag apartment syndication and find the biggest accounts and then share content that way. And of course, bigger pockets, 
Do you consider Bigger Pockets social media or something different? I don't consider it a social media platform. Okay. I don't think it is. It's a forum. It's the okay. most valuable forum you can be on as real estate investors. But yeah, it's a forum. And I didn't remember you saying that a while ago that you weren't a fan of Facebook ads. Is that true? No, and if, what changed your mind about that? Because I remember you, you didn't like them before. Well, you're bringing up something that I don't remember saying, but I trust you. Okay. <laughs> you're a lot smarter than I am and probably have a better memory. So I don't remember saying I don't like Facebook ads. So I'm not sure why I said it. But if I did, then I've changed my mind. I am a fan of Facebook ads because you can determine how much you're paying. And if you're not getting a good cost per click, then you maneuver or you reconfigure some things or you, you discontinue. So yeah, I'm fine with Facebook. Okay. Facebook ads. Perhaps what I said, if what you're remembering isn't entirely accurate, which I'm not sure it is or isn't, but perhaps what I said is I'm not a fan of doing Facebook ads when you're paying cost per impression. I'd want to pay cost per click because cost per impression, I mean, no real ROI there, but cost per click, you're sending people somewhere. But thank you for mentioning the different platform value propositions. It's such a very important point that's very helpful because Instagram, visual stuff. So if you have visual stuff, which I could have more visual stuff and perhaps I will like on the unit renovations we're doing and other things like that. But right now I don't have a team capturing all of that on site, but just hired a a director of marketing and he lives in Dallas and most of our properties are in Dallas. So maybe we do some of that stuff in the future. But for me and our company, Facebook is the way to go because not only does it have it all, but I enjoy the conversation and I feel like it's a deeper level of connection with people because you've got that back and forth where you're not confined with a certain amount of characters that you can write. And it's really a platform that is conducive to conversation versus checking in and checking out and doing a fly-by-night thing. Twitter is good for content sharing. I'm not a fan of it, but that's how that is. And Snapchat, I have no idea. I've never even been on <laughs> Snapchat and I don't ever want to be on Snapchat. I was also going to say it's probably generationally. Like the people that are a lot like younger than us are definitely using Snapchat because it came out in 2011, I think. It's one of those newer social media platforms. There's one more question I wanted to ask you before we moved on about social media. It's kind of related, but you were mentioning how in the beginning you had that test account that you were using for your previous job and how it kind of went dormant and someone looked that up and was like, oh, you're never really posting anything on here. Would you recommend that people create a separate business page for themselves or should they just post everything on their personal profile? Good question. We could have a debate on this and there would be excellent arguments for both sides. So the debate for the pro motion where you have two separate accounts would be you don't want to inundate people with a bunch of business stuff whenever they added you as a friend because they're your friend before you had this business. And so now you're blasting them with all this business stuff. So you're really wearing out that friendship, which could in turn hurt your business in the long run because you're being so loud about it. But the motion on the flip side would be, well, yeah, but if you're posting valuable information like you're supposed to, and you're adding value every time you post some content, like, oh, this is something interesting I learned today. When I do drywall, I've got to install it this way or that way. Otherwise, you could run into this problem. And it's just a helpful tip for homeowners. Well, okay, I feel you there. Then that might just mean you need 
a personal page. But I think if you only have a personal page, like your individual page, you're limiting your business growth to just local people, or at least you're limiting your business growth, period, because Facebook only allows you to have a certain amount of friends and you're not able to scale it. Think about if Coca-Cola just had a Mrs. Coca-Cola page and it was just one female who was talking about Coca-Cola and they didn't have a, a product page. Well, they'd be missing out on a lot of engagement there. So to answer your question directly, my side of the fence, the side I choose to be on on that answer is you should have a business page plus a personal and focus your business stuff on the business page. That way you can scale your business and occasionally, if relevant, post business stuff on your personal page, but only when it adds a whole lot of value to the people who are connected to you in a non-real estate way. So homeowners would be a good thing because while there are less and less homeowners, thankfully, since we're multifamily investors, there are less and less homeowners. There's still a lot of homeowners out there that could find some helpful tips. They all saying the same thing. And you, you sold me when you mentioned the friend limit. I forgot about that. I think you can only have like 5,000 friends or a thousand friends uh, or something. Ne- I never want to hit that, <laughs> hit that mark. That sounds like yeah. insanity. So I, I don't accept friendships on Facebook unless I actually know the person off of Facebook. And that's when I accept that friendship. Yeah, I do the same thing. I got really excited because I got so many friend requests from being on this podcast and then it kind of <laughs> got too much. Yeah. And my page had a bunch of random people on there. But yeah, yeah. so if you've got a, a business page, you can post 10, 20, 30, however many times you want to per day. And then anything that's relevant to people that are on your personal Facebook page, you share maybe one thing per day on your personal Facebook page just to kind of push people who are your personal friends that would be interested in learning more about your business to your page. But people who aren't don't have to see it every single day. So yeah, I agree with you. Cool. All right, good stuff. I just had one quick update I wanted to mention before we move down to the trivia question. So last week, I was talking about that deal in Jacksonville and how Jacksonville is too far away and all the different reasons why I couldn't look at that deal. And you challenged me and I really appreciated that. So I reached out to that broker, got the information on the deal. My underwriters are underwriting it now. And I talked to my business partner about what you said about investing outside of Tampa. So we're going to start targeting Orlando, Tallahassee, and Jacksonville. So we're very grateful. Someone reached out to me at Bigger Pockets, who's a lender, who asked me if I needed any help. And I was like, well, yeah, do you want to send me some market information? And so he sent me these super detailed market reports on Tampa. So I'm going to do the same thing for Tallahassee, Orlando, and Jacksonville. And then we are going to either my business partner and I or my wife and I are going to schedule trips to those locations just for a weekend because I've never been to any of those places before. So I have no idea what they even look like. So, and hopefully I've got a couple of deals I can look at as well. And then I'm also going to be getting lunch with a broker, another lender on Tuesday who cover all of Florida, just so I can get a better idea of what areas in Tallahassee, Jacksonville, and Orlando are good and which I avoid, as well as to ask them for property management contacts. So thank you, Joe, for challenging me. I just want to let everyone know that I'm acting on Joe's advice. Now I'll be able to look at four times more deals. Because I've got awesome. 10 underwriters now, so I've got plenty of people to underwrite deals. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And as long as these episodes are helpful for you and no one else, that's what's <laughs> most important. So uh, we, 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 we'll just continue on that. I'm sure all the best ever listeners will be totally fine with that, where you and I just have like a little coaching session. And, Seriously, and it, it just probably would. <laughs> yeah. Who cares about everyone else? But I'm glad to hear that. And I'm sure we're all looking forward to hearing how it progresses. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have anything to share? Oh, yeah. Well, today we're closing on a deal. It's a deal in Richardson, Texas, and that's going to put us over the $500 million mark on properties that we have under management, and we've got part ownership in along with our investors. So congratulations to all the investors who are in the deal with us in Richardson. So we're airing this episode, so there's no confusion for investors who are listening to this. This episode airs on Friday, but we record it on Thursday, and we're scheduled to close on Thursday. So if you hear this episode on Friday, and you're saying, wait a second, we closed yesterday. Well, that's because we recorded it the day before. So congrats to everyone. And I don't know if there's any lessons learned on this deal. So if there is something that comes up, then I'll mention it, but just kind of wanted to celebrate that note and let's move on to the trivia stuff. Well, so yeah, well, congratulations to you halfway to a billion dollars. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Trivia question. So last week's trivia question was what U.S. city had the largest increase in rent from 2014 to 2017? So it was the past three years data was available for percentage wise. And the answer was surprising to both of us, Detroit. So it actually increased by 9.8%. It was a $340 increase Hmm. in rent. So the person that got that correct will be getting their free signed copy of the best real estate investing advice ever book. This week's question is going to be a little bit different than usual, but I think it's a very interesting and unique question. So in 2010, Apple, the iPhone company, and they do more than that, but (laughs) the iPhone company, I got my iPhone in front of me that made me say that. They purchased one acre of land from an elderly couple in North Carolina in order to build a data server. So this elderly couple bought that land for $6,000 34 years prior. The question is, how much did Apple pay for that land? And I'm going to let you be within $100,000. All right. How much did they buy it for originally? $6,000. They bought it for $6,000. And this was what year did they buy it? It was 34 years before 2010. So was that 76? They bought it for how much? $6,000. They bought it for $6,000 in 1976. And how much did they sell it? to Apple for, and it's only one acre? One acre. <laughs> one acre in North Carolina? Mm-hmm. What city? Or I guess it was a little outside of a city, I imagine, since it's a data center. Yeah. But we don't, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, that's hard with not knowing how close it is to civilization. I imagine it's kind of close. So this is, who knows? I'm not even going to guess. I don't even know. Oh, you got to guess, Joe. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, I'm going to say one acre, I'll tell you the nicest area of Cincinnati or the most expensive area of Cincinnati, Indian Hill is that area. They sell per acre around 200,000. So I'm going to say 250,000 for okay. one acre. Well, anyone else who has a guess, make sure that you comment either on the YouTube video or use that as an email at info at joefairless.com. And if you are within $100,000, then you will receive a signed copy of the best real estate investing advice ever book. The first one to respond who's within 100. Oh, the first one, yes, correct. Yeah. Sweet. All right, so what's the number today? The seventh. So we are very close to the best ever conference 2019 in Denver, Colorado, 22nd of February and 23rd. The last scheduled event right now is going to be the worst deal spotlight and competition. And it looks like it's going to have a Price is Right game show theme to it. I thought that was interesting because I used to love that show when I was in college. I'd watch it every single day at my fraternity house. So, really? Yeah. On the couch eating Cheetos? 
And that, we had like a meal plan there. So I'd go there for my lunch and I'd watch Prices Right with everyone and we'd all scream at the TV. That's some wacky stuff. All right, college kids, huh? <laughs> college kids. So make sure you guys are screaming at anyone during this Prices Right game. But I think that was kind of a fun activity, but also kind of learn about some mistakes people made on their worst deals. Yep. We learn a lot from our successes and we also learn a lot from our failures. And it's even better if we learn, well, sometimes it's better if we learn from other people's failures, not our own, because otherwise we'd be failing a whole lot if we had to learn from only our own failures to be where we want to be. Cool. Good stuff. And review of the week. Yep. Review of the week. So guys and girls, make sure you guys pick up a copy of the best ever apartment syndication book on Amazon and leave a review, send a screenshot to info at Joe Fairless in order to be the review of the week. This week's review is from Charles. Charles said, the only bad thing I can say about this book is I wish it was available in hardcover because the amount of times I have referred to this book has made the cover flimsy. Whether you are brand new or experienced or in between, the book has many great tips to follow. Well, thank you for that. And interesting idea on hardcover. I'm not sure how easy it would be or hard to be to do that. We might look into that. So most importantly, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to leave the review. And I'm grateful that most importantly, you got value from the book. Well, everyone have a best ever weekend and looking forward to talking to you tomorrow. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado, Put in the code TAKE5TAKE and the number five to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.